Let me read something real quickly uh, to you out of Joshua chapter 3. Just a couple of verses. And I don't know why every time I step in this building, my nose starts to run. (laughs) That's crazy, man. I'm glad my wife is not here because she gets all bent out of shape if I... Too much, man, you know? So I'm glad she stayed in bed this morning, man. Oh, she'd be making signs at me down this. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, those of you who got wives, we all suffer the same way, man. So don't worry about it, man. We're destined to, to suffer. <laughs> Why you laugh, man? <laughs> hey, your husband's back there gone. The first verse in chapter 3, is, it says like this. I like to speak down there because there's not a lot of people. I feel like I'm all alone up here, man, you know. But anyway, no, I can't because they say that the light don't shine here or something, you know. Nobody wants to see me on the Internet, man. <laughs> I don't even want to see myself, man. Anyway, it says, early the next morning, Joshua moved with all the Israelites from Shittim to the Jordan where they lodged before crossing over. Three days later, the officers went through the camp and issued these instructions. And, and if you're reading it out of a different translation, it will say, gave these orders, which means that God gives orders. God actually tells us what he wants us to do. He says, Gave these instructions to the people. Said, when you see the Ark of the Covenant come, you know, go before you or pass by where you, where you live or where you reside because they lived in tents. Pass by your tent. He said, you shall abandon your position and you will follow the Ark of the Covenant. So don't follow too close. It gives them instructions on how far to, you know, be away from the Ark and everything. Then he tells them this. He says, that you may know the way to take. In other words, that you may know which way you're going to go. Mainly for one reason, because they had never gone that way before. How many of you know that God wants to take you through a place that you've never been before? You know, God, God, God always wants to move you in the direction of experiences, levels that you've never been through before. If you just go through the same thing over and over and over again, you're just a tourist. You know, tourists do that. If you, I travel a lot. I can, I can, I can identify a tourist from a mile away. A tourist thinks everything is beautiful. I, I don't even know why they do that, man. Tourists will pick up a rock in the Grand Canyon and say, this is amazing. It's just a stupid rock, man. But that's how they, that's how they talk, you know. They look at a bridge, they say, wow. Like they've never seen the Golden Gate Bridge before. They've seen it in pictures and TV and everything. But anyway, that's that's how tourists act, you know. When my wife gets touristy, I tell her, "Calm down, man. I'll buy you ten pictures so you can have it in your in your in your in your bedroom, man, if you want." But he said that you may know the way to take, for you have not gone over this road before. In other words. Where God has taken you, you've never been there before. And if you've been there before, you're just going around in a circle, you know, right? So, so just to have that in mind, because uh, uh, sometimes we we find it hard to abandon the place of comfort, to abandon the place where you get used to. You know, church is one of those places. Church can be the most exciting place in the world. Or it can be the most boring place in the world. It could be the place where you say, I'm going to go there again. The pastor is going to preach again. They're going to sing the same songs. 
They're going to try to make us get excited. They're going to say, how many of you are happy this morning and put a smile on their face? How about a, a shout of joy, a victory? And you, you, you're getting dressed at home. You're saying, man, I got to go there again because nothing new has happened in your life. Nothing exciting has happened in your life. You know, when you go to see a movie that you haven't seen before, you get excited, don't you? Right? I love Star Wars movies. I love movies in general. I don't care. They could be low budget or whatever, man. You know, my wife tells me, you're the low budget king of movies, you know. And I say, as long as they're free, I watch them, man. I don't care. And, you know, I'm on an airplane all the time, right? I get on the, on these planes. They play the same movie all month long. So they got like 30 movies. My wife says, you could see those movies over and over. I see them without earphones, man. I already know what they're saying, you know. I know what the guy is saying. He said, don't mess with me, man. I will bust you up, man. Stuff like that. So I've watched the movies. I don't, I'm, I, I always find something new in a movie. And I tell my wife, you know what I found now? I found that this guy, didn't run the way that I thought he ran, you know. And my wife says, which way did he run? I says, you gotta watch it so I could show you, man, you know. She don't wanna, she don't wanna watch it. She likes to watch movies that you cry and you get all tense and you get all emotional. I, I don't like, I like, I like movies where I could get excited. So every time I'm gonna see a new movie, I'm dying to see it, to see what's in it, what, what special effects and all that is going on in there. That's how church should be. You should want to come to church and you should come to church. You should close your eyes and say, man, I can't wait to sing unto the Lord. I can't wait to worship God. I can't wait for God to touch my heart. I cannot wait for God to do something fresh in my life. You always need something new in your life. You need something new in your marriage. You need something new with your children, you know, all the time. Hi, dad. Hi, mom. They come in the room, they say it's the same parents, man. <laughs> no excitement this morning, right? You go in the room, you say, same old kids, man. You know, gotta, gotta beat them up to get them out of the bed. So, the people of Israel were going on to something new. God was taking them to something new. They were crossing from one side of this river to the other side of the river. The only thing was, there was about two million of them, give or take, you know. I, I don't know how many there were, but and there, were, there were millions of them, right? And they got across. There wasn't enough little boats for all them people to cross. One time I, I calculated how long it would take them if they had a hundred small canoes, right? It would have taken them months to cross all them people over. You know how hard it is to get an old person in a canoe? Uh, I'm sorry for all the old folks that are here. I'm old too. Right? Before I jump in the water and swim across. Now I carefully get in that canoe, right? And I need a cushion to sit on, man. And I need sunglasses and I need some water and all kinds of stuff. So imagine, it would have taken them months to cross all them people over. Plus the animals, plus, plus people that didn't know how to swim, people that probably were, were handicapped. So they had to take all them people across the river. Joshua gets to the river, he says, how in the world am I going to do this, man? You know? And that's a pat. When I was a pastor, I used to get up on Sunday, I say, what am I going to tell these people today, man? I told them so much last week. I ain't got nothing to tell them this week, man. You know? I exhausted all my illustrations. I exhausted all my, all, I exhausted everything I had in my life. All my thoughts, I exhausted them last week, trying to get them motivated. And they just sat there and said, so, Pastors got a tough job. Sometimes they don't even want to come to church, man. Right? This morning, I got up, man, and I said, shoot, I could stay in bed, man. I could stay here and play a game on my computer and not go to church, man. 
What am I going to tell them? Because we're trying to motivate you in the right direction. So Joshua tells the people, we're going to camp here for a couple of days. Joshua's thinking too, how am I going to get across? He doesn't know how he's going to get across. Just like this morning, you don't know how you're going to get from point A to point B. You know where you're going to eat. You know what you're going to eat. You know you got to go to work tomorrow. You know this week has all this activity for you that's a routine activity. But in God, you don't know where you're headed. You don't know where you're going. You're trying to follow God. You're trying to see what are the instructions that God has given you. And all of a sudden, Joshua tells the, the officers, he said, go by the camp and tell everybody when the ark goes by you, you come out of your house, you come out of your tent, you abandon your position and you walk in the direction that the ark of the, the presence of God is going. And you know, that's one of the hardest things that a man or a woman could do in life. Because we want to do what we want to do. We want to go in the direction that we want to go. We do not want to go in the direction that God wants to go. Because God is directing you to die and you want to live. God is taking you to die and you want to live. The truth is, man, we come to church, but we want church our way. We, we want to do church our way. I want to sing what I want to sing. I want to put... The people I want to put up here to sing. I want the pastor to preach what I want him to preach. I want the, 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 the thing, the things that happen in church. I want them to be according to what I want. And God says no. God says it's not according to what you want. It's not according to how you want it. It's according to how I want. I am the one that's leading you in the direction that you should go. We don't like that. When I was a little kid, my mom used to go to church. And after church, man, they would talk so bad about church. <laughs> and I, we'd be eating at the house, man. They'd be saying, hey, pastor, you know, man, I don't like that guy, man. And one day I, I thought, you know, I would, I thought I was brilliant, man, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I said, out of my brilliance, man, I'm going to say something to them. And I got up and told my grandmother and my mother, I said, if you guys don't like church, you don't like the path, why don't we choose the church that we like? Oh, they beat the heck out of me. <laughs> and then they blamed it on God. <laughs> right? So... Here I am trying to, trying to help my family go in the right direction. But next Sunday we were right there in front of the, the pastor and I was trying to wave to the pastor some. They don't like you. <laughs> I was trying to say, don't you get it, man? They hate your guts, man. You know, don't come next week. Send somebody else. Is that what you did, Chris? <laughs> you sent me this week, man. <laughs> and one day I t told the pastor, I said, you know, they don't like you in my house, man. My grandmother hates your guts, man. And he said, boy, you better show some respect. I said, you ought to tell that to my grandmother, <laughs> not to me. I love you, man. I'm looking, I got your back, baby. They want to kill you, man. They want to burn the church down, man. And you're, you're sitting here talking about have some respect. They need respect. And my grandmother told me, we're going to kill you, man, if you don't stop talking nonsense. So they didn't teach me too well at home, right? I, I used to I say, why did they even go to church? Don't do them no good. They get worse by the week. You know, so anything that happened in church, my family was never involved in it. A move of God came, they criticized it. God touched a bunch of people, they got saved, they criticized it. One day my grandmother said, I bet the pastor got them people and paid them to go up front, you know. 
And I said, I wish he'd pay me. I'd be up front every week. <laughs> you, you see, it got nothing to do with nobody else. It's got to do with you. If you're brave enough to take a step out of your comfort zone, don't matter where you're at. It don't even matter if you're a Christian or not. It's got nothing to do with that, you know. People come to church and they say, well, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not from this church, man, so it don't include me. It includes everybody that's in there except the chairs. Because the chairs are not people, right? When I, when, I, when I first started my church, one, one church that I started, only one guy used to come on Sunday. My wife, my kids, and one guy. And I would say, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad all of you are here. And the guy would look around. <laughs> and he never understood why I said that, right? And then I would say, you know, God loves all of you. And he thought, later on he told me, he's been a Christian now about 40 years, man. So later on he told me, he says, you used to drive me up the wall with that. I said, it wasn't intentional. I was looking by faith at all the other chairs, you know. But God's not in, God don't touch chairs. God doesn't touch a building. After we leave here, God is not in this building. God was not interested in how they were going to get across the river. As a matter of fact, they didn't even cross the river where they were at. They crossed it about 19 kilometers down the river, you know. Right? He didn't say, he didn't open the water there. He opened it someplace else just to show them that he doesn't do things the way you want or I want. He does them the way he wants. So here, here he gives them one order. When you see the Ark of the Covenant going, the Levites and the priests abandon the place where you're at. And you want to know that's the hardest thing that we can do. Nobody wants to abandon where they're at. Let, 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 let your husband let them tell your husband, we're going to move you from this branch to that branch over there and see if, if, if you go. When, when God called me to Mexico, I came home, I told my wife, we're going to Mexico. Good thing was she wanted to go too. But if not, I would have had to spend some time convincing her, right? When I left Miami, when I lived in Miami and I got up and I told, I came home one night and said, we're leaving Miami. She said, where are we going? I said, I don't have the slightest idea. I just know we're leaving. God spoke to my heart. She said, it better be God. I said, you don't have to threaten me. <laughs> and, and we left Miami. It's been now four years. Right? I haven't starved. I haven't died. We're still here. But it's not about where I like to live. Where I would, where I would want to live, who I want to live with, it's where does God want me to be at? And the thing you gotta ask yourself is, what is God speaking to me about? <coughs> what is God telling me? Is God telling me that I should stand still and not move, or is God taking me to another place? And God surely wants to take you to another place. He wants you to have an experience with him that you've never had before. When I celebrated my 25th anniversary, I told my wife, I'm going to fall in love with you again. Man, I'm going to make you love me again. And she said, let's see if you can. <laughs> because your wife, after 25 years, she knows you. She knows when you lie. She knows when you're telling the truth. She knows when you're hiding something. She knows everything, man. So it's been 23 years since I, since then. Ask me if I've, if I've been able to get her to fall in love again. I'm still trying, man. Every day, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hard on, 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 on the job. You know why? 
Because even in our marriage, we need something new. Those kids need something new. They listen to their father talk, and they say, he always says the same thing. <laughs> they don't say it to him. They say it to each other, the brother. What did dad say? Same thing. What do you think he said? He hasn't changed in 10 years. You're 10 years old. I'm 12 years old. He's been saying the same thing as long as we've been alive, both of us. They hear the mom say sometimes. He says the same thing. Right? <laughs> so God wants you to abandon your place of comfort. And go in the direction that God has taken. Now you need three things to do that. The first thing you need to do is you need to develop a heart to follow God. You know, sometimes we, sometimes we don't have a heart to follow God. We have a heart to come to church. And some of us come to church out of this religious obligation so that we don't miss out on nothing that God has for us, you know. When I used to go to church, people tell me, how come you come to church? I was like, my grandmother bring me to church every Sunday. If there was two Sundays, I'd be here twice. My abuelita said, everybody going to church today. Somebody put a face, man. My abuelita said, I will kill you if you don't go to church this morning. That's how she ruled, man. She was like a gang member, man. Right? Every Sunday morning, my grandmother threw out about 25 threats, man. Death threats, man. So we all went to church, man. We were sitting there. The pastor would come and say, oh, look at the roses, man. Like, you know, like we all wanted to be there. Like we was there, yeah. We couldn't wait, pastor. We got up at five this morning to get dressed. And my grandmother would look at us so we would smile, right? And the pastor ate that up. He thought it was real until I told him, you know, everything that my family said at home. Right? So we didn't, we didn't go. People come to church. They come to church because their wife comes to church. I, I, I had guys in my church that I would say, how, how you doing, man? He said, is, is service going to be long, Pastor? And I tell him, just for that, it's going to be long today, man. <laughs> she shouldn't have said nothing, man. We might have vigilia tonight, man. <laughs> right? And they, they would, they would, they would laugh. They said, nah, you're not going to do that, Pastor. You want to go see the football game? I said, I'm not seeing the football game today. My team's not playing today, man. Right? But they would always, they would, there was guys that came to this church because their wife came. Their wife said, I'll divorce you if you don't come to church. All right, this guy coming to church, man, sit down. How only guys could put a face in church. And I would tell him, yo, man, relax. It's only an hour and a half, man. And you get to go do whatever you want, man. But that's the way that they did, you know. And, and some people came to church because they didn't want the pastor to see them. But listen to this. If you develop a heart to follow God, no matter what, because it's not coming to church. If it was about coming to church, this church would be full. It's about following God. <laughs> it's about finding out what God wants from you. What God wants you to change, what God wants you to leave, what God wants you to, 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 uh, to adopt, what God wants you to do with your life. It's about being able to abandon your place when you have to and turn around and follow God in the direction that he's taking you. Come on, give me that water, man. It's got no label on it or nothing, man. Okay, all right. Well, you think that's going to make me more transparent? <laughs> so, it's, it's, that's what it's about. Church is not about coming here and sitting down and saying, I, I, I fulfilled my commitment, you know, 
I came to mass or I came to service or I came to whatever. No, church is about you coming in one way and leaving another way. Church is about God changing your life, changing your attitude. Church is about God confronting you with the things you don't like. Can you imagine if, if, I, if you talk about a, a, a husband beating his wife and he's sitting here in the congregation and he just beat his wife a couple of days ago and he's sitting there. He can't take that. He's saying, man, they're talking about me. Of course we are. What in the world do you think we're talking about? Not talking about that guy, though. I don't know, you know. One time I talked about adultery and being unfaithful and a guy came up to me and said, were you talking about me? And I, 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 just as easily as anything, I said, are you unfaithful? He said, yes. Then I'm talking about you. What is so hard about that? You don't have to go to university for that. And that guy became one of my pastors later on. And I used to tell him, remember when you asked me, was I talking about you? And I asked you if you were unfaithful. You said, yeah. And I said, well, then I'm talking about you. I wasn't talking about the guy next to you because he's not even married. Right? But you come to church and God confronts you. You don't come to church so, so I can say, how are you all? I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I don't care if you come or not. You should care if you're here. You should get up in the morning and say, I need God in such a way. I am developing a heart to follow God. I'm going to walk the way that God wants me to walk no matter what. No matter what happens. No matter my wife, my husband, my children. No matter what goes on in my family. I am following God. We got a bunch of wimps in the church. You can't even talk tough to them because they go out and say, I don't like the way the pastor talked to me. A guy told me one time in our church, I'm leaving the church, but I don't like how you talk to me. I said, well, go find a church that's just as wimpy as you are. <laughs> you think I'm here because... Hey, God takes me out of bed every, every Sunday to come here and you think I'm going to waste my time? No, sir. God means business with you because when you need him and when you're going through rough stuff and when you don't know what to do, you call out to God and God answers you. So you have to be willing to say, God, which way do I walk? Which way do I go? But you know why? We don't because we don't develop a heart to follow God. We develop a heart to be religious. We develop a heart to come and fulfill a duty, a ritual. But God wants you to develop a heart to follow him on a daily basis to say, I cannot live without God. Hey, you got to develop that if, if you're married. You got to develop the ability to tell yourself, I am going to stay with this woman the rest of my life. I don't care. That's what I did when I first got married. I told my wife, you can leave if you want to. I'm going to follow you. <laughs> but I've been married 48 years, right? Laugh now. <laughs> One guy told me, I, I wouldn't follow her if she left. I said, that's why you're not married and you've been divorced three times. Me? I haven't been divorced yet. I'm still following my wife. <laughs> my wife one time told me, get out. I said, I'm not going nowhere. I put my pajamas on and went and laid in bed. And she said, what are you doing in the bed? I said, you can go sleep in the parlor if you want. I'm sleeping in my bed. And then I started moving around and laughing and joking. And she said, why are you so happy? I said, 
I'm thrilled, man. I'm going to sleep all night, man. I'm not going to lose one wink, but I ain't leaving. I even practiced what I would tell the judge if the judge says, Sir, you know she wants to divorce you. No, she don't. If you knew her, you know she don't. She's just messing with your head, man. So you develop a heart to follow God. And nothing is gonna, nothing is gonna stop you. That's how people do to go to work, man. They develop a heart to work. They develop a work culture. And nothing stops. It could snow. I got a cousin of mine. It don't matter what happens. Thunderstorms, big balls of hail could fall down, crushing people, man. And he's on his way to work, man. And if I ask him, what, what, what do you go to work for? He said, my paycheck. I need the paycheck, man. I got to pay my truck. I got to pay my, my mortgage payment. I got to pay all these things. Nothing stops him until come Sunday. A little bit of rain falls. Call the pastor. Pastor, bad weather, man. I might not make it today. Wind's blowing, man. Right? He just went through a snowstorm, man. You can call him the snow piercer. Right? You develop a heart to follow God. I've developed a heart to follow God. You can't stop me from following God. You can't say anything to me to stop me from following God. You can't do anything to me to stop me from following God. You, you, I could be broke, I'm still gonna follow God. I can have a job or not have a job, I'm still following God. It doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter who gets in between. Doesn't matter who criticizes me. It does not matter what happens in my life. I am following God. And that's the heart you gotta have. The second thing you need is, you need faith, man. You need to come here and believe. Chris is not that intelligent that he can make up half the things that he says. <laughs> Do not give him that much credit, all right? His wife says, thank you. She knows I'm telling the truth. Neither him nor me, no preacher in this world. I don't care if he wrote a thousand books. He's not smart enough to make up all the things that he says. I remember preaching one morning, one Easter morning, and I said, you know what? This morning, if you believe that Christ has risen from the dead, I said, he'll come into your life and change you. That's, that was my message. Because I had been up since four in the morning doing a sunrise service in another church, another sunrise. I did three sunrise services. I was, I was done for the day. I said, you rose once and I rose three times, man. Right? So I'm, I'm, I got to my church and I said, listen, this, Jesus already rose three times this morning. If you open your heart, he'll touch you. He'll change your life forever. One guy came forward. And when he came forward, he says, can I ask you a question? I said, this is not a question and answer thing. It's either yes or no. You want Jesus? Yes or no. And he told me, he says, I want to ask you a question. And he told me this. Are you sure that God can change my life? And he turned it around on me. I looked at him real good. I smelt him real good because he looked like he'd been drinking booze all night long. And I said, and then I said, I believe God's going to change this guy right here. And I said, I'm going to tell you something. I believe you. I believe God is going to change you so much that you're going to come back next Sunday and you're going to Talk about what God did this week in your life. He just looked at me with a one of them smirks on his. And I said, inside, I said, let's see if you had that smirk next week. So he went, man. His wife called me about Friday. And she said, Pastor, I'm worried about my husband. He didn't go to work all week. 
I said, what happened to him? Then I said, who is your husband and who are you? And she said, that's the guy that went off forward on Sunday. I said, the guy that asked me the question, yeah. I said, what's wrong with him? She said, I don't know. I think he's losing his mind. He's been in his room crying all week. I go to ask him, he just, ah! I said, well, that's good. Let him cry a couple of months, man. Shoot, that evil guy, man, he needs to cry a little bit. Let God rip him apart. So all of a sudden, he does this. All of a sudden, he comes to church on Sunday morning. I get up to speak, and he starts crying, bawling. And bawling and bawling. He's a big old dude, one of the mean bar fighting, you know, ruffians, man. And he gets up and he says, Stop! And I said, Stop what? I'm not doing nothing. He said, I can't take it no more. I said, I told you you would testify about what God's doing in your life, right? You, you either do what God tells you to do, or you're going to cry the rest of your life, man. I had him in the position I wanted. I had leverage now, man. And then I said, and the rest of you, you better straighten up because look at this guy right here. He's been crying all week. You think you can take a week of crying? And man, I had more men at the altar that day than any, any other day, man. And they were all, they weren't, they didn't want to look at me because they didn't want me to tell them next week is your turn, buddy. You got to have faith. I got to have faith to get up here and believe that what I'm saying is going to affect your life. It's going to get into your heart. Even though I'm joking around, even though I'm, I'm, I'm making you laugh a little bit, it doesn't matter. God's still touching your heart because it's not me. It's God that wants to touch your heart. So, so now you're walking. You got a heart to follow. Nothing's going to stop you, but now you're believing the promises of God. Now you're walking and you're saying, man, doesn't matter. God is going to, God is faithful. God will meet every need that I have. God will do this. God will do that. My family is going to come to Christ. God is going to touch my body. God is going to touch my mind. God is never going to leave me, never going to forsake me. Now you you got a heart to follow and you got faith to believe what God has to told you. That man became one of my leaders, man. And he told me, he said, you were mean to me, pastor. You tortured me. I said, not me, God. Take it up with God and he might make you cry again, so leave him alone. Right? And the third thing that you need is, you need courage. You need to be brave. You need courage. You need to be courageous. You know, people in church, especially us Latinos, we get offended for anything. Almost every Sunday that I was a pastor, I would offend somebody. It was a sure thing. I stopped asking God, help me not to offend anybody because God says I can't do that. Somebody's going to come today, going to get offended. And they would let me know. There was no text messages back then. I'm talking about 45 years ago, man. There were no cell phones. There were no computers where you could write an email, man. They tell you to your face. I want an appointment with you, Pastor. They'd sit in my office and tell me, you offended me. You offended my family. You said this, and I had to tell them, man, you're not too bright, you know. I wasn't even talking about you. But come to think of it, if the shoe fits, put it on, buddy. Stop crying. You got to be brave to receive the word of God. You got to be courageous to, to, to step out of your, out of your 
comfort zone, turn around and say, I'm going to where I've never been before. <laughs> In October, I went to the Amazon. I went to preach with some friends of mine. I took advantage and fished a little bit, you know, and ate all kinds of crazy food. But I had a great time. But it, to get by boat where I was going in canoe, it took me two and a half days in the Amazon. And I was so excited. Every corner of the river, every time we, I was just, I was like a little kid. I was so, and, and the pastor that I was with, he told me, I've never seen you so excited, Joe. I said, I've never been here before. And the lady said, I bought some monkey meat. What do you think, pastor? I said, just cook it up good, man. <laughs> right? Oh, man, we, I was just, I, I didn't know where I was going. I had to be courageous, man. Brave. And you know what? We have to become brave, not brave to fight. Not brave to risk your life. I'm talking about brave to say. I got a heart to follow God. I got faith to believe that God is walking with me. And it doesn't matter what I encounter. God is going to help me to overcome. No matter if you're sick. No matter what happens in your family. I've always realized that God demands more from me than I'm willing to give. Some of you sitting here today, you weren't expecting this message. You were expecting In-N-Out Burger, right? You know, get your burger and fries and go, go on your way. But instead, God is confronting you. Instead, God is telling you, you're not as brave as you think you are. You're not as courageous as you think you are. I have a friend in Vancouver. He's a pastor of a Baptist church in Vancouver from El Salvador. One day his wife fell sick. She fell down. She never got back up again for these last 20 some odd years. She's been a paraplegic. He was happily married, had children. And all of a sudden, his wife is in a wheelchair. She can only move from here up. So he's got to bathe her. He's got to dress her. He's got to feed her. She can't do anything for herself. He took a walk one day and he told God, I can't do this. And God told him this, be courageous, man. I'm with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's a pastor of a church. So his wife was talking to him. She, she, she talks a little bit funny now because of the whole situation. So you, you got to really listen to her to make her out. And she told him, we are the pastors of this church. We will not stop pastoring. I will not stop going to church. You will not leave me at home with a nurse. When you go to church, I go to church. When you preach, I'll be sitting back there or laying back there in a lazy boy, relaxing while you preach. I will be in every prayer meeting, in every Bible study. So for all these years, she's never missed a Bible study, a prayer meeting, or a church service. When I met that woman, my son had just died. When I met her, she she squeezed my hand. She's got her hands are all, you know, kind of cramped up, man. She squeezed my hand and she told me this. 
She said, be courageous, man. Be brave. God has not left you. And walk in the direction that God has directed you. So you know what God is telling you this morning? God is telling you, step out of your comfort zone. Don't, don't delay it no more. Some of you are there debating, should I, shouldn't I, should I follow God, shouldn't I follow God? I'll lose this, I'll lose that, this will happen, that will happen. Take a step of faith and then develop a heart to follow God and follow God wherever he's telling you to follow him. Have faith, believe that God has something better for you. Believe as you walk, believe that the promises of God are for you and for your family and for your family's children. And be brave and courageous. Don't let anything that happens to you stop you on that way. Because down here is everything that God has for you. And God has new, fresh experience. The Holy Spirit wants to do a new thing in your life. And the only way He can do it is if you walk in the direction that God is leading you. Now you can come here and sit every Sunday. I had tons of people that used to come and sit on Sunday. They were spectators every Sunday, man. They'd clap. They'd come and give an offering. They were so far away from what God wanted to do in their lives. I'm 73 years old. I've been serving God all these years. And you know what? I still think God has new stuff for me. I still think God wants to teach me new things. This last year was a year of teaching. It was a year of school for me. It was a year when God told me, don't ask anybody for a penny. When God told me, don't worry about your wife, whether she dies or lives. Don't worry about any of these things because both you and your wife are in my hand. All I want you to do is step out and walk in the direction and take your wife with you. Because I got something better for you down the line. This year has been a year, one of the greatest learning years of my life. It's been one of the years of my life that I've had to buckle up, man, and get a little bit of bravery and courage in my life so that I can walk in that direction. I've got a heart to follow. I, I'm believing God, but man, I needed courage to take every step. I'm not here this morning because I have nothing else to do. I'm here this morning because this is what God called me to do 50 years ago. I'm here today because this is what God told me I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. Not because I don't have another job or I don't have a, another profession or I can't work anywhere else. I'm here because I stepped out of my comfort zone one day. And every time I get comfortable, I find God sending somebody to give me orders. Step out, man, and go in the direction that God is leading you. So that's the message this morning. Maybe not the one you wanted to hear, but that's the only one I have this morning. You have to wait till next week for a different one. But I am gonna, I'm gonna finish now, you know, because that's what that music means there. <laughs> but he will faint before I do. Right? His fingers will get like this in a little while. Listen closely. And you're the only one that can answer this. If God spoke to your heart and challenged you to step out of your zone of comfort because God wants to take you to a better place, a place where you're going to know him and experience him in a greater way, then I want you to do something. I'm not going to be hurt 
you're not going to wound me none. <laughs> but if, if that's what you feel God spoke to you today, then I want you to stand up and I want you to come right here. I want to pray with you. But you got to come. I'm not, I don't like those prayers that, you know, one, two, three, and lift your, lift your hand and we'll see if, if we see you or not, you know. That guy's life is in your hands. Thank you, Father. I'm not an auction master, so I make one call, man. I think, I think the word of God is clear. If you need to be here, you get up and you come. God honors you if you honor him. Just close your eyes for a minute. You know what God is speaking to you. I don't. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, each, each one of these men and women that have left their seat to come here to say, God has spoken to me. This message was for me. So I pray, God, that as they abandon their comfort zone, walk in the direction that you want them to walk, that they will develop a heart to follow you. Develop a heart that will say to them on a daily basis, don't forget you're following God. Don't forget you're following now in the footsteps of Jesus. Don't forget you want to be like Jesus. And God, give them the faith to believe everything that Jesus tells them along this way. As they believe you, as they trust you, as they, as they, as they put their, their faith and their hope in the word of God and the promises of God. And you become real to them as they walk. They haven't walked this way before. So make them brave and courageous. Give them great courage to stand up and say nothing. Absolutely no obstacle. Is going to deter me from going in the direction that God is leading me. And Father, I pray this in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that you touch their hearts, that the Holy Spirit will work in their lives, Lord. That you will bring a deep conviction to their heart as to this message being something real in their life. I bless them in the name of Jesus. And I ask you to bless them as they obey you and they follow you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Chris. Reed.